I got a trick up my sleeve. I'm tickling my fucking toes. And I'm Jamal. And welcome to Black Twirls, a blacky black car. Oh, all right. Did you also know I was a sim? Did you also know? <laughs> did you also know you were uh, a background singer for Scissor? <laughs> in italics. Okay. Okay. In, com- in Comic Sans. <laughs> Let's give that another world, shall we? Welcome to Black Star Roots, a Black Black podcast where we recap RuPaul's Drag Race and we are diving on in to Canada's Drag Race and we ask the hard hitting questions like, Are you IQ Kitty? If no one understands that you're IQ Kitty for Halloween. Yes. I thought people <laughs> understood. There was two people. And no, there were three. And uh, of the three, only two of one of them actually got it straight out. Okay. But I thought that was the genius of the costume. Mm-hmm. So once I played the video, everyone was like, oh, oh my God. And I was like, yeah, I'm IQ Kitty. But the, the gag of the thing was, the gag of it was I was not telling anybody that I was Trixie Motel as IQ Kitty. <laughs> I was just like, I'm IQ Kitty. Well, that like, that will require you to walk around and be rude. <laughs> right, right. Be real grand. Talk about how I won All Stars uh, <laughs> with no help from production. That mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, well, so it, 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 I think you, you, uh, you. Um, I kept a secret from my co-host, kind of like how he keeps secrets from me. Um, oh, <laughs> that child, I was have, doing. Lord have mercy. So I ended up dressing as IQ Kitty, which is from the uh, Kitty Girls challenge uh from what was their group name because um, girls is the, I, the girls who were eliminated beauty and intelligence and i'll come by serving power that is not their group name uh, it was the name. i don't remember their fucking name girl because they should have lost so the, the bitches that are still here well anyway so i randomly decided to uh i don't normally like to dress up for halloween it's a it's a long story i'll tell you all why it's not a traumatic story it's just i'm a showgirl you know, 365. So Halloween month, my girl, I'm already up in the gig for shows and, you know, pulled and plucked this way and that. So doing it for Halloween is not of interest to me. I get paid to do this. So I randomly said, okay, I'm going to do it, but it has to be a no spin. So it didn't end up a no spin, but it didn't end up being a full no spin because I had to get that dumbass white shirt. And because I eat like a toddler, I don't own any white shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the one thing I did have to buy, but in total, I only spent six dollars on my IQ Kitty costume, so I was very proud of that. I knew it would be very niche, and you had to be a super drag race fan, like deep in the cut. Like, you got it immediately, mm-hmm. you got it immediately. Uh, my friend Miguel got it immediately, immediately. and a couple of my other, a couple of other people at the party was like, So, are you just pie, like pie girl? And I was like, No, I'm IQ Kitty, so what's, what's that? I'm serving body to the fifth power to the cosine. I'm beauty and intelligence, one combined. Never oh. said where it was from. And I never wanted to. I just wanted to. I think there's something great about esoteric costumes for Halloween. <laughs> well, according to Wikipedia, the groups didn't have names. It was the top five and the Eliminated Girls. Well, the Eliminated Girls called themselves the Kitty Girls. Did they? Well, at least Milk said we're the Kitty Girls. We're the Kitty Girls. Hear us roar, honey. There's the door. Ow! Anyway, anyway, I made my costume. I'm very proud of myself. And it was entirely too small, so my pussy was out all night. So oh. let's get into this week's episode of Canada's Drag Race. Um, it was interesting. 
Uh, Jamal, was watched it? it before I go. Well, I say I'm gonna get to exactly why in a moment. You watched <sighs> it before I did, and you texted me like, "Girl, this was like three hours," and I said, "Girl, I don't have three hours right now. I'm very busy this week." <laughs> um, so I fell asleep. So the shit is tired. I will be fast forwarding. <laughs> Girl, which is why uh, when you assigned the parts for this podcast, they said good because I'm not interested in going into whatever that channel, whatever it was a channel. <laughs> I know one thing: if I was the UK girls and I was watching that <laughs> and seeing bitches still get whatever, get their things, their flowers, <laughs> I would have some problems. Well, <laughs> it's a different host, so yeah, it's a different host. Yeah, I, I recognize that, but still. Brooklyn is a so hell we're, 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 abusing right. and shaming the girls okay. every five Abu- seconds. Right, right. For all we know, them bitches in the UK is in cages right now. <laughs> Bring out Scarlett, put her on stage, tell her to be a cunt for a little while. So last week, we got up under a big top and the dolls performed the very first Canadian musical under the big top. Um, there were some definite hits with Pythia, uh, Gia, Cynthia, and Kendall. Kindle, why the fuck is Kindle doll? Not her name. Kindle gender. Kindle gender, gender. And there was some misses. Yeah. Two mean misses, uh, particularly around um, the the clown part, the uh, bing, bing bang, bang and bomb. Yeah. <laughs> I heard people refer to this as the best and the worst musical. Yes. Yes. Because well, that was a roller fucking coaster. <laughs> Well, because it started so amazing. I said, oh, this is about to be a production. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> I don't know what. It's like when you have a group project and you have some people who are really, really good at understanding the class. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the portion, the portion where the person who's not great at the class has to work on. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, we have to put this into the review, into the group review afterwards, because this is ridiculous. And then it went back up again. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. In Side the note. End, the, Side note, in school, whenever I had to do a group project, people were very upset at me because I was very much one of those students. This is going to shock you. I have a tremendous memory um, and a gift of gab. So I didn't do that much prep. I would be sitting up in a group like, okay, girl, whatever. Y'all going to do this, this, this. And then I would get up there and I would do extremely well just because I had a general knowledge of stuff and I could talk my way through it. Meanwhile, other girls are sweating and breaking their necks because they did like five hours of prep and didn't get no sleep and da 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 and getting up there yeah, and missing know, their cue cards. You know, public speaking is very much a skill, and, and that's something you are quite good at. So um, that that actually does not surprise me. <laughs> and I have uh, a lot of general knowledge. We do this podcast, right? <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, girl, right, girl. I'm just about to ramble off some facts, Miss Thing. Meanwhile, I was the person organizing, and as I would say, as long as you have your notes ready, <laughs> we're fine. But the minute I observe that you seem unprepared in our group, it's going in the group review to the professor. Did you? Oh, oh, work. You wanted them bitches. Did you? Um... Yes, absolutely. Bitch, if I'm up, you up. <laughs> if I'm up, you up. Did you I have smooth public... texted them niggas at, niggas at three o'clock in the morning saying, uh uh-uh, uh, this is not up to par. Everyone get up. Oh, hell no. Uh, did you have public speaking as a GE in college? I had a class where we had to do um, some public speaking. Child, we had to do public speaking. I remember one girl gagged Actually, the entire yeah, class. Actually, yeah, I definitely do. I remember one girl gagged the entire class as we had to do informative speeches, so speeches uh-huh. where people had to learn some shit. Um, and she got up there. She said, my presentation today is on, on how to take the correct bowel movement. 
I said, oh, you better work, Miss Bitch. So she <laughs> she got up there with a squatty pot a squatty potty and she was giving like not live demos, but she was up there <laughs> giving you the positioning that she's supposed to be in and this and that. I said, oh, she better work. Meanwhile, my speech was on how to survive a horror movie in space. Okay. It was a great time in San Francisco State. It was. <laughs> yes, said, like, them subjects, I said, those are not giving you slow. <laughs> Girl, who is this, Jason X? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, another thing, but I did have to take a couple of different public speaking classes and uh, college with some varying interesting topics. Uh, topics. Our uh, professor used to record us. I did appreciate it because he would record us and said, I don't grade you all until later so that I don't have any sort of bias as to like how I'm feeling in this moment. Mm. I said, oh, okay, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, of course I do. Well, because one thing I know how to do is talk. Um, anywho, in the bottom was uh, my favorite girl, Oceana Aqua Black, and my <laughs> other favorite girl, Isis Couture, uh, lip syncing to Stupid Shit by Girl-licious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the end, hold on, in the end, uh, we had to say goodbye to Oshana Aqua Black and Isis lives to slay another day. Um, it is what it is. But we return to the workroom and Oshana's gone, but she's also written an entire fucking novel on the screen. What I do notice is that the, immediately that the, all of the girls were in love with Oshana. Right, mm-hmm. they seem to like they seem to like her a lot. She brought a lot of joy. She's lovable, and that tracks. And I read that immediately. And while her run wasn't long, her impact, including them damn shoes, is really really clear. <laughs> um, and then the also awesome- <laughs> I love what you can. The truth is like if we ever on tour together, I am burning them shoes. And she is one to talk. Yeah, child, because she showed them deal with them motherfucking boots every episode on season four. Mm, and brought them to all stars. Right. There's like, your challenge is to do inaugural ball. I hear this bitch come out with the boots on. Right. Um, uh, who is up in her feelings is Miss Isis Couture because she was at the top of the game week one when in the first challenge. But this week, she was lip syncing against Oshana Aqua Black. Do you agree that she should have been in the bottom two? You think someone else should have been in her place? Um, I think that it made sense for her to be in the bottom two um mm-hmm. i think that eve could have been up in that bottom two um but eve's look uh saved that her look was everything yes. yeah eve's look was great um and so was isis isis but um yeah i mean i think that they could have easily swapped out eve for isis right. no problem right yeah well speaking of eve eve is pulling from the book of nina bonio brown uh <laughs> and especially for compliments up on <laughs> Up on this couch, we get more waterworks. But I do appreciate about this Eve is that she is at least being honest with the girls early on because you don't need to drag this shit out until she went home. Mm-hmm. The saboteur thing that everyone's trying to get her, get her. Eve tells the dolls that, you know, I'm trying to be positive, but, you know, I'm, t- I'm having a real time. I've always had a hard time sort of revealing and being open about my feelings. And this is in reference to what happened in Untucked. Uh, right, where right, right, right. She's, and quite frankly, the week before, because right. this Eve's tone is generally quite pointed. Yeah, and that's what I wrote. I said Eve is Eve, the the crux of Eve's problems is her insecurities. There's some deep yes. insecurity going on. 
Yes. Um, and that's why she is projecting it all over the place and coming off, you know what I mean, is just this unpleasant person. Right. And then also being reductive and was um like even when we get into what happens in the uh when she gets all that praise and then is also sort of being reductive to her towards herself and sabotaging herself and trying to uh uh negatively humble herself, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And we, we can definitely see um, how all of those insecurities are really weighing on her. But so, but we're hoping that we get even more triumphant moments for Eve. Because one thing we do know is the judges, in some semblance, see it for her. Mm-hmm. So that's it all set up on the couch. We get the opening credits. Oh, I don't know if this is as significant, but I did clock that Pythia is still plucked about not winning the first week's challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, anybody asked you that when we, <laughs> we said, yeah, stand up for herself and she she watched the she was she came there to win and be listen, recognized. I, I understand. I am a, listen, I am fully I am all about you know protecting and valuing reputation and having standards for yourself and then wanting to elevate and grow. That was not the question. <laughs> the question was. Hey girl, congratulations on your win. How do you feel? I feel great, y'all. But I'm just really, really still upset that I didn't win. Right, exactly. <laughs> I said, okay, girl. Okay. Pithia, how was breakfast? It was okay. Right. It was just a little disappointing. You know, kind of how right, like right, on right. the first week when <laughs> yeah. you know, this is what I do. I'm a costume designer and a, a theater right. and I, but girl, on that first week, you would not give it um top worthy performance. Exactly. Let me ask you this. Have you noticed, you know how on uh, U.S. Drag Race, they have pictures of Rue everywhere in the workroom? Yes. Have you noticed in Canada, they just have pictures of random shit everywhere in the workroom? It's like, <laughs> I was looking, I was like, oh, there's no picture of, like, Brooklyn anywhere. It's just, oh, there's a picture of a crown. There's a picture of a sparkly thing. Interesting. I wonder... Um... I wonder because I remember last season wasn't the pictures of the judges around I the room. I feel like I feel like there was, but this season they're like. Mm. I wonder why that is. Mm-hmm. I I always wonder like what Miss RuPaul be give, be given in like the back end licensing department. <laughs> like what did it? What is she like? Be like? Does, is she charging them to use her music? Right. Or her her likeness? Like right. how far? How like how much like? subsidy is she giving the other franchises to use her likeness in the show and her name i always right. wonder about that like is she a bitch in the background like i'm sorry you can't come up with the 10 million i will have none of my faces in this workroom <laughs> which is honestly fine because of the franchises i would say that canada has done a canada has done a really good job of um etching out its own identity yeah, so yeah. i actually like some of the distancing from rupaul mm-hmm um, and I think Holland is going in that direction too. Because remember the first season of Holland, where every cut was a RuPaul song, what? and they did the, they did a final challenge, which was a medley of RuPaul songs. Yeah, it, I, it was giving very much so. This is the Drag Race welcome packet. You can use all of these items however you wish. Mm. Uh, and but it seemed like they were starting to distance themselves from that. And I think uh, and some of the choices for UK that they're doing that too, so that these brands do feel like they are. Um, their own individual thing and yeah embedded in the cultures of the places that they're um that they're uh being broadcast in. and that's really important because we get to there's seven million fucking drag races they need to feel like they are for the audience they're uh, the audiences of that country in that region and not for u.s eyes right that's neither here nor there beefy fucking dobson is here i live 
I fucking live. <laughs> so, uh, it's next day in the workroom, and the the Muppet that is JB Smooth, I mean Kamora Amore. <laughs> they announced that Fifi Dobson is coming in a little later, and Kamora does bring up a good point about how Fifi Dobson was really great representation of um of uh black people and sort of the emo rock scene in the early 2000s which was in the which was not the predominant face of that genre which is ironic given that black people created rock music so i really appreciate that we uh, get this moment of celebration for fifi dobson i mean while she didn't stick around super long and i think a lot of that was related to from what i understand a desire from the powers that be to change her into something else you hear from the grapevine <laughs> But it's good that we do get this celebration because she was not the only, but she was some of the great, some great black representation in that music genre. Uh, Amanda Bruegel pumps up into the room and she tells the dolls that they're going to be overacting in a movie challenge called Screech. Now, Jamal, before we get into the maxi challenge, I want to hear your best scream. Girl, I don't do that. So <laughs> that's not what I heard. Wait a minute. Hold up. <laughs> I don't do that. So let's get into this. You don't scream. You're not gonna give the listeners a scream. No, I'm not, because I don't do that. You're not gonna do scream. it for you're not gonna do it for the vine? No, I didn't do it for the vine when the vine was hot. I don't do it for the TikTok. You don't have TikTok. I don't so hence why I don't do it for the TikTok. You know what I am hoping for? What? I really hope that I'm going to start to fall in love with Amanda Bruegel because every time that Amanda's there, I'm hope I'm wishing for Tracy to be there. Yeah, I'm but just kind of mad. I have more weeks of right. But I also know that I've had more time with Tracy than I've had with Amanda. Yeah, I'm also At this just point, it's only been mad times. on Amanda. Um, yeah. But for those who didn't pick it up, Screech is a parody of Scream, right? The the title, right? It's a play on the the movie franchise Scream because the girls are going to be doing this parody of horror movies, which is cool, right? Um, because Scream is really important, I think, in the horror genre and the history mm-hmm. of the horror genre. Uh, because what Scream did, which I think was really cool, is that Scream was kind of a parody of horror movies in and of itself. Right. Um, and that's why Scream was so good, because it, w- it kind of flipped a lot of horror tropes on their face, right? So, like, the, the main character, Sidney Prescott, wasn't a damsel in distress. Sidney was actually, right. you know, up in there fighting the, the, fighting the serial killer and... and we hadn't really seen that before. We'd seen girls run and, you know, run up the stairs and be stupid. Um, my favorite, like, scream you know gag is always the fact that they full-on opened a movie with Drew Barrymore and you thought she was about to be an integral part. Uh-huh. And that bitch gets killed off in the first 10 minutes. Right, and that was also a big comeback moment for Drew, if I remember correctly. You, hmm. Have you ever seen uh, another really great send-up of sort of horror movies and its tropes? Have you ever seen Cabin in the Woods? Yes, I saw Cabin in the Woods. Yes, yes, yes. Fucking, I had seen uh, Miss Watch Mojo put it on a million lists, mm-hmm. and I'd never seen it. And then I finally sat down and watched it. I said, "This is fantastic because it does the, some of the exact same, some things, same things that you're describing with Scream, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps in uh, a more of a dark, humorous way, in the send up of the normal tropes of the um, horror genre." So you know, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of really important horror. Really, is just a fascinating genre in general, and just the many different arms of it, and the many different ways where it is. Um, uh, what's the word? You get what I'm saying, though, right? Where yeah, I mean, well, the, the 
like we were saying on Dracula earlier this week, horror really lends itself in in certain er- areas and arenas. It, it lends itself to camp. It lends itself to like right. high camp. Um, it's right. very like self-referential, which is right up Drag Race's alley. You know what I mean? It's kind yes. of the beast that eats itself all the time. Um, right. And so we see that uh, in this challenge, because that is a lot of what the girls have to do themselves. Um, when they're breaking up parts, um, some of the parts are like, you know, good plays on uh, horror uh, horror tropes, right? So like Stephanie wants to be Clintney, uh well, she initially wants to be someone else, but she ends up being Clintney Prescott, which is Sydney mm-hmm. Prescott from Scream. Um, and Gia is like Blue Scary more. Right. You know what I mean? Is that character supposed to have lists, by the way? I don't know. I was annoyed by it, though. When the girls when the girls are integrating lists, I was like, I need to see that script because I feel like it didn't say that. Well, it was ironic because she had a list, but then the girl she was in the scene with, they kept giving a note, uh, you need to speak more clearly. And I'm like, but right. fully you I can't hear a goddamn thing that she's saying. Right, get what um Miss Gia is saying. <laughs> uh just I guess to go over the character since we're here. Um Pythia is Faruska Cock, um, which is a full on a parody of the what's her name, Veruca from the craft. Uh and yeah, she played Nat. She was Natalie in the craft. But do you think Pythia realized that? Because <laughs> I yeah, wasn't getting too much like Natalie her. in the craft. Yes, but I, you know the girls also get the stuff provided to them. So I mm-hmm. wonder. I don't. I would love to have known more about what that character prompt was because mm-hmm. I was getting more of Pythia as it than I was uh, getting Pythia <laughs> as Natalie. Maybe that's because you stuck on last week. I mean, she was trying to pull the faces because you know Natalie was pulling faces in that movie. Um, yes. And uh, aside about the craft, I do not appreciate how shady that whoever would be inviting the craft dolls to cons <laughs> and would be leaving Rachel True out because mm-hmm. Rachel True is very integral to that 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 brand and to also further representation of Black people in, in horror movies. Did you call the craft a horror movie? Yeah, uh, yeah, it is uh, a cult. A cult. At any rate. Did it's not like, appreciate hearing how shady that shit was going on in the back end and how Rachel True was getting uh, left out. She is very gorgeous in person. Saw her at, Ner- at BlurCon. Yeah. Um, Eve is the Nera hater. Uh, yes. Kamora Moore is um, some nerdy character. I don't know. I really wasn't here for her character. Um, Suki is Amy Dumper. Uh, Kendall is a parody of Brooklyn Heights called Crooklyn Heights. Uh, Adriana is uh, Blody Gorski or... Brody Gorski, something it's, like that. It's, it's a parody of Brad. Something, right. Hold on, I'm trying to find it in my notes. Keep going. Yeah, Iceland is uh, Jocelyn Straps. You know, I wrote down all these things. I was trying to get it down. Uh, things that we definitely see come up in the prep is that Stephanie says that she is not good at memorizing lines. Um, yes. So she is going to rest her performance more so on expressions and, and physically embodying uh, her character, which is supposed to be this mix between anxious and scared all the time. Right. Um, and then Adriana is, you know, just saying she's going to go for a more devilish, campy uh, portrayal or uh, parody of Brad. And as the girls are like, as the girls are breaking up, of course, we get some Halloween talk, right? So Pythia talks mm-hmm. about how she never got to dress up for Halloween because she grew up in Greece. Um, and then Kendall Gender talks about how she does not... Um, she does not uh, participate in Halloween because Halloween is her clean date because she's a person in, uh, who's recovering from substance abuse, right? Um, 
So that's cool. And the girls kind of all uh, crowd around her. Kendall talks about how drag saved her life and how that was a pivotal moment for her getting clean six years ago because she had lost her apartment um, and she, you know, had burned a lot of bridges with her friend base. Um, mm -hmm. And she talks about, you know, uh, recognizing that she somewhere had stepped over a line, right? It wasn't just like casual drug use. Um, right. And so... You know, it gets kind of emotional. The girls crowd around her. It's a sweet moment. Um, and the next is then they go into prep with Fifi and Amanda. And the first thing I wrote was, bitch, they ain't got no sets. They ain't got no green screen. Bitch. And I was gagged, too. I was like, oh, maybe they're going to leave. Like, maybe that's where it's just going to start. <laughs> no, it's mm -hmm. in that work room the entire time. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it works for, it works for, I guess, what the skit was supposed to be. But I was still like, oh, y'all yeah. trying to save some money. Right, which is funny because Miss Canada always is given budget. So, okay. I mean, yeah, I, I saw what they were trying to give. It was just, it certainly did not help putting me into the frame of uh, what the plot is, what, what this whole thing was supposed to be about. Because now I just see a bunch of drag queens. In the workroom. Uh, but you're actually in the workroom just kind of um, mucking through this uh, long-ass script. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, and they definitely mucked through it because Stephanie's doing too much. Um, you know, one of the problems I have with the overacting um, <laughs> sometimes is that it mm. feels like they're not even in the same scene with each other. Yeah, that's exactly what I observed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> This particular time seemed like they were really, really disconnected. Though I wonder, they, it's, how many of them are left? 10? I don't know, it's too many. Exactly. So when they're all shot in the one frame and it's like eight of them at the table, mm -hmm. I said, already this is too much. Because these people have to overact and be in these scenes together and build some chemistry. And we know they don't have these scripts for a super long fucking time. They might have had 10 hours with it and that, you know, however much time to, to do it with somebody else. Mm -hmm. So now it just seems like it's really disjointed. The people are doing different things, especially because we're also pulling from different movie references. So we've not necessarily built the bridges between what these uh, properties are. Yeah. Um, what I did appreciate is uh, how thoughtful the selection of parts was. Yeah. I mean, it seems like people, for the most part, got things that work with what they were giving. Um, right. So that was smart because you do want you don't want the production to just be shit. You know what I mean? Have people set right. up with parts that they really can't pull off. Um, I do think it, it, this kind of goes back to your Pythia point. I do think that some of the parts would have been stronger if the girls knew the references that they were pulling from, because it seems Correct. like some of the girls did not completely understand the reference of where they were pulling the part from. Um, Stephanie Prince. <laughs> Yeah, and so yeah, definitely noticed that. And I also noticed that people were being really honest about um, memorizing lines. Because uh, one thing we do know about the franchises is people will go for, they'll see a bunch of lines and go, this is the biggest part, this is my chance to shine, and fuck it up. Mm -hmm. um, you also see people making selections that say, well, this gives me a chance to diversify what it is that I'm normally showing the judges on the uh, runway mm -hmm. and play it in a, in a different mechanism. And it works in some cases and it doesn't work for others. So I, I, I do appreciate that they're making smarter choices. Yeah. And they're thinking fully a little bit more broadly about um, how they want to play the characterization. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, for instance, one person is doing really well is Eve, who's the narrator. Right. Yes. Um, and it's <laughs> I know this this character is like an amalgamation of a lot of things. But one of the things yeah. that it immediately was giving me was the guy in the wheelchair for Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, uh, yes. Uh, oh, the criminologist. Yeah. And the way he <laughs> kept turning to the camera and just describing what was happening. Um, yeah. Yeah, and Stephanie's doing too much. Uh, <laughs> the only other note I really have is that Kendall's gloves were everything. Them gloves are gloves were fierce. Okay. Um, them gloves, gloves were fierce. But so, know, uh, go, ahead, go ahead. I mean, that was the prep. Um, <laughs> I'll get to it when we get to the judges. We, judging. Um, I have something to say about Miss Amanda. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Seems like Amanda was taking some of these, uh, some of this shit personally. Well, shit, Amanda needs to get over it, okay? Because she was like, "Well, I'm a Martha, and mm, it's not giving a Martha." It was gonna be very much so that time Michelle got up on stage and did that part. Oh, Kylie child, goodbye. <laughs> right, that's the problem, and that's the problem with some of these judges, okay, Miss Thing, because they know that they they know that their star is on the downward uh decline, and they're uh, sitting here see, trying to. That show is Kurt. Stop that. <laughs> And they try to, just... <laughs> they try to pull rank on these bitches and show them they still got it. This thing, uh, okay. I was like, I, I, I've never seen a handsman's tail either, uh, or handsman's how whatever. I've never seen it. That um, the, yeah, all the white girls go up for, it, and my friend, the white man. girls go up down. Uh, but uh, Miss Amanda was like, hmm, you never seen it, so I think you should watch it after this. Um, yeah, talk giving me a Martha. Um, well, I will say, and in in Amanda's defense. Was that child's name? Cynthia was not using, uh, she was given some prompts and things to act out, and she was not doing that. So even yeah. if you didn't understand the reference, she wasn't even getting to the part of, I understand what her character's supposed to be doing. Well, and that's why it gave later on what it gave for Miss Cynthia. So, did I cover girl? Oh, wait, that's not the song. That's the song? Yes, that's, that's the song. Yeah, that's, that's the, the song. song. That's the song for every across the franchises. <laughs> that's in the contract <laughs> which i will do is walk okay out right have a girl that is the one song we're going to license for you free um <laughs> do not expect us to do otherwise with any other of them so the judges so we get to just put one out everyone look i think amanda looks beautiful tonight i love this pink dress on her right looks like brad brad always gives us you know very clean uh, uh fifi looks beautiful i'm really really happy to see fifi dobson she was really iconic to all of us millennials so work, Miss Fifi. Yeah, she was iconic like to me. Loki, I'm sorry. I <laughs> I knew that Fifi Dobson existed, but I didn't. I can't. I can't give you a song. I can't give you anything. Wow, she wasn't your everything. No, she wasn't. Mm. I I knew I knew the name, but it was I, uh, it wasn't given. But I knew Ooh. that she was important. Why why it was important for her? Uh, why the girls were going up for her? You better. To clean it up, girl. Um, <laughs> I don't like clean it up, girl. I listen to her shit. I don't listen to her shit. Girl, shit. Judges take him away. Loki, take I thought far away from Loki, here. when she came up, a uh, fucking um, Stacy Orees, uh, whatever that bitch name, got to be more Rico, to life. a whole white woman. Uh, gotta be shit. Gotta be more to life. Started playing. It's gotta be head. more to life. Exactly. Then chasing down every temporary <laughs> baby. I motherfucking love that song. Well, it was. I will tell you one thing. Yes, they are very much so in the vein of there were two songs that was hit. <laughs> wow, child, that's it, it got pumping in my head. I was like, oh, that's Fifi, right? 
this is like this is the same time you thought the Tracy Melshaw and Nicole Byer were the same person. Okay, then that. Wow, the anti-blackness is jumping out. <laughs> girl, get wow. some Now she's saying they're basically are two ethnic people. So, girl, the category is good girl. This fucking mess. Well, the category is good girl gone bad. And we do see a couple people going down the religious to uh, bad girl pipeline. Love that for us. Uh, first up is Miss Suki Doll and this beautifully, beautiful ornate like robe coat. I said, oh, this is fierce. And then she reveals to what's under it. because this robe this robe this coat is gorgeous it looks like it's beautifully made the the it was quite ornate the decorations on are fierce and then she reveals to this bodysuit with these tattoos and this asymmetrical blaster black dress now doesn't serve good girl gone bad fine um what i did not like is how low cut that bodysuit was so it was very clear that that was not her skin now i understand you're not about to sit here and paint a bunch of tattoos on your body. But there is something there is something to be said about taking us out of the illusion. So that should have gone up to the neck. And if she, if she needed something else, a necklace that covered it up. Because the skin, it matches her skin tone. Yeah, but, but I can see where that DB is. And she has these weird, it's baggy as hell. She got these uh, these rings in her nipple, which are, uh, is further drooper, drooping down on this bodysuit. I have to tell you something. I, I'm getting a little worried about Suki Doll. Child, I've been worried about Mitsuki. So I didn't. Yeah. No, it was a no for me because I didn't even get yeah. religious. She was talking about I'm giving religious. Da, 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 da. I didn't get religious from that first thing. Maybe it's because she mm-hmm. threw it off too fast and I didn't even get a chance. That's what to I think see it, it was. Um, but so what I was looking was... for in this runway was a transformation or a play on, you know what I mean? A good girl character right. that's gone bad. And some of these girls didn't do that. Um, I'll give Suki points for at least trying to go through some kind of storyline, but it was enough for me. The look, right. both looks were a chop. Yeah, it was definitely supposed to go. Over, it was supposed to go to like the girlfriend of the local biker leader. Yeah, and that wig worked by nurse. I wasn't so bothered by the wig. The bodysuit was really bothering me. I could I was immediately taking out of what she was trying to give me. All right, up next is Eve Six Thousand giving us Betty Boop in a grayscale with this red dress. So she. I was on the runway, and I said, this is not the most exciting thing in the world, but what I do give Miss Eve 6000 is she is selling it in the description. She has her 1920s voice on, or whatever, 1920s voice on, you know, she's uh, trying to be the good girl going up into the den, uh, the um, the prohibition uh, bootlegging uh, speakeasy den, and then she reveals to this beautiful, sexy lingerie piece that's super strappy uh, under it, but I will say is I think it is well executed in terms of the pieces that are there. The reveal was sloppy, and I wish that she had right. she had painted yeah. And I could tell that that whatever was there for her to reveal, um, she either had practiced it a lot, but it definitely took her out of the presentation on the runway. I wish that she had painted her whole body gray, but. I'll give her this, the bodysuit fits, and it looks beautiful over her padding because Eve 6,000 pads down. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a cute color combination. The padding was right. The reveal was sloppy. I didn't understand why if it was grayscale that that outfit was red. Um, I think I would have liked it better if the outfit was not red, if it was an actual grayscale, if it was given what yeah, Detox like gave. Yeah. Right. I understand. That's, that's fair. I get that. Um, Regardless, I think she did the assignment. 
I understood it. It's supposed to be exactly. I got the storyline. So two for me, Eve six thousand. Up next is Stephanie Prince coming Everything. out as sexy latex uh, Dorothy. You know what this reminded me of immediately. Remember in the opening scene for uh, New York Goes to Hollywood? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, she's and New Dorothy. York was like sexy. Yeah. Dorothy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this looks great. I, I One thing about Miss Stephanie is her drag has always looked right. Mm-hmm. Even if it may have ne- necessarily taken us to um, somewhere, like some sort of other concept, it at least always looks executed correctly in the yeah. pieces. Yeah, uh, I, it was good to me. It was everything to me. Yeah, slutty Dorothy. I love that this look is in full latex. Mm-hmm. I love that the latex is contour and fits her little body so beautifully. I think the wig is right. Uh, it sells good girl gone bad because Dorothy, Judy Garland, the ultimate good girl. Right. In a right. slutty costume. Right. Yeah, that's why so, it works for me because you you have the, the reference there. You know what I mean? Right. So she doesn't need to do like a whole transformation as opposed to the next person who didn't do no transformation. Wore a green and, dress, child. Yeah, and it was like, girl, no, this is not good girl gone bad. This is this is right. a mess. And then you try to tell us it's your partner. Miss Thing, no. Baby, the way that is in my notes. I said, <laughs> I said so she tries to save herself by telling us this tired story about her, her, her and her partner made this tired ass dress. Right. Um, <laughs> they tried to. Me and my partner, everything you see on this run- one runway, me and my partner made. Mm-hmm. I would not be telling them about this mediocre dress okay. that we put together. I felt so proud. I'm like, girl, I just put that. I, you just needed something else. Just something <laughs> in your bag. This is the backup outfit, not the runway outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're not even getting to it. It's a green dress. It's not cute. It's mediocre down. Boots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when they say good girl gone bad, this was the first thing that came to mind for me. And that is geometric, who is wearing this white dress, and then she has these mold pieces all on the other side of it. A good girl, go. I thought immediately to, oh, a piece of bread going moldy, uh, going moldy. That is exactly the direction I would go, go in, because something yeah. that no one else would really think about. And I'm glad she thought about doing this. I think she looks great. Uh, I think there's a there's plenty of also mold pieces too to sell that that's the storyline. Yeah, it was good. One thing the girls would do is put a little bit on the side and like not. Um, do much else. If I can borrow from the Dragula lens a little bit, I would have loved for her other side where the mold exists to be wilting a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the wig is perfect. The wig is perfect with the piece on there. But that's a small minor note. She understood the atomic. Good job, Miss Gia. Yeah, she did. So, I wish she would have had it, but good job. Well, you know, I wish several of these bitches were pad, but here we are. Um, <laughs> up next, we have another nun uh, giving us Sister Act 3 is Miss Pythia comes on the runway. Um, I, was, I have to be honest with you. I wasn't particularly excited to see a bunch of religious outfits coming on the runway. <laughs> um, I wasn't. Because that's just, that I feel like is just too easy. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, take, take me somewhere else. And she does eventually take us somewhere else because her transformation to the bad girl is this outfit that's made of um, hands and gloves wrapped around her body, pulling her down to hell. That is when I say, okay, this is a great look out of Pythia. This is smart. I also think this is um, a nicely made piece. I wonder if she made this herself. She probably did. She's a costume. <laughs> According to her, she's a costume designer of costume designer. So she probably okay. did it. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. It was the, it was the most successful bad girl reveal of the religious outfits. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she had a good, she had a good storyline. I think the, um, the praying at the end of the runway, uh, and then she she clearly like practiced what her reveal was going to be. Mm-hmm. 
and that's integral in this particular type of runway. Uh, Kamora Moore came down in some pat- leftover pageant stuff that she had. Don't do, um, <laughs> don't do that. She had a good Met Gala illusion in the beginning. Yes, yes, because she probably wore that in a pageant. So she had a, a Met Gala illusion. Yes, it's a uh, it's a reference to Rihanna at the Heavenly Bodies um, exhibit at the Met. It was beautiful. I got to see it in person. It was everything. I got lost in the museum um, at close. Definitely almost got locked in. Love that for me. Um, she, but see, this is what I'm talking about. What uh, what she reveals. Some tell bullshit. me that it's not. Tell me that it's not a talent number bodysuit. Yeah, it was just she revealed into nothing, and I was just right. upset. I was like, girl, why would you just come on, girl? What reveal into some <laughs> just tired ass bodysuit? Right. That's what I said. That something, something a little suspicious here. Uh, but yeah, good for her. Uh, she's like JB Smooth. So, oh my lord. Uh, do you know who JB Smooth is? No, but I know she need to calm down in these fucking confessionals because I wrote that. Baby, well, that's what I'm saying. So over her in these confessionals. That's what I'm saying. She, Jamie Smooth has been, he's like in a bunch of like Chris Rock movies. And he was, uh, he's just always the one screaming and narrating. Mm-hmm. I said, giving Barry that. I'll send you a picture. Literally, when I Googled him, he looks exactly like Kamara Moore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up next is Kendall Jinder, another nun to a devil. Um, yeah. I think it, was it was I think, Next. I think it, uh, it she did not help that Pythia had done something similar already and it was a little bit more um, conceptual mm-hmm. than this. Regardless, though, I do think it looks right. It does yeah. look good. It is a story, but you it, that's the sucky part of it. It's, it's giving very much so um, a horror owns fries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, when we talk about bitches understand the assignment, and I want to take the listeners back real quick to um, Drag Race Down Under, where I said, I'm tired of seeing Marie fucking Antoinette come down the runway and them going up forward every time. <laughs> this next queen, Adriana, is selling one of the freshest takes on Marie Antoinette that we've ever seen on Drag Race. Um, one, she is clearly making reference to the beheading. She is serving up the head on a platter. This is another piece that she made with her partner. Uh, and the, the devil is certainly in the details and this thing is satanic because the outfit is fierce. I think she looks fantastic. She gets all her flowers for it. So um, my other favorites are obviously uh, Raja who did like sort of a modern redux take on the uh, Rococo. And then we had, uh, I love Sergene's giant uh, prop pieces when she was wearing Antoinette on Drag Race Hall in season one. Mm-hmm. Very, very fierce, Miss Adriana. And I'm yeah, it was actually good. showing up. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was, it was good. It was one of the best Marie Antoinette's we've had. Yeah, the reveal of the uh, the uh, the pork chop, <laughs> the the um, serving plate, and then the removing the top of it to reveal her head on the platter with all of the uh, cake. Fierce. Mm. She took now it to no the next more because it's could have easily been well. You know, no damn more. well these girls about to pump down and a little. Powder, uh, powdered white wig and some frills. You know, it's not over yet. Miss Isis Couture comes down as a yellow um, bad bunny. What comic is she referring to? I don't know. I didn't understand it. Yeah, I I, I wish I had a, a better point of reference for what that comic was. I think the look is fierce. Look mm-hmm. is fabulous. Um, but I don't understand what reference it is. But either way, I think she looks fantastic in this piece. And uh, I'm glad that her... Um, I'm glad that the drag still continues to be at a consistently high level, mm-hmm. which makes me concerned about when she's going, when she falls, it's going to be fierce. 
Well, she already think, fell. She it. fell last week. Shit, she was in oh, the fucking bottom. Yeah, I mean on the runway. <laughs> I'm talking about the fashions. Um, and that's it. That's the dolls. Getting to the ju- no, am I judging? Oh, getting to the challenge. You judging, yeah. Um, getting to this long ass movie. So, girl, the movie is long, the thing. The movie is long. The movie is long. They doing a parody of I say all candidates think they fierce. They didn't put an episode inside the episode because they really just doing a parody of one of their episodes, except the girls is getting murdered all the, along the way to the runway. Mm-hmm. Um, ain't shit really going on. Eva's doing a great job. Stephanie is doing the most. Um, there's this mislead uh, where you think that Kendall's character is the murderer because these sparkly gloves keep popping up, killing everybody. Um, I did like the mirror chat parody because they definitely did understand that what Drag Race will do, if nothing else, is, is going to wait for a mirror chat to pump out some uh, pathetic-ass storyline. Um, oh, pathetic? Jesus! Put a pin in that. For Put a pin in this. If you're listening to this before the UK review, put a pin in this because in the UK... They really tried it. The producers really tried it, uh, forcing a fucking storyline up in the mirror chat. So, um, so now 69 an abortion. You did, girl. Well, you know, the thing about Halloween is you know, you're playing dress up, and it's just like yeah. when you're playing dress up in high school when you're pretending to be straight. I said, Oh, okay. girl, <laughs> girl, y'all really just grab that out of your ass. So, I wrote that at the top of my notes. So I said, These production problems are fucking fierce because more and more sits down and goes. So, Eve, last week you had a rough week at Untuck. Hold on, you said say, bitch. Okay. Right, exactly. So, Can I you tell like... us how you're feeling exactly today in this moment and how you're going to resolve that for later on? Girl, Jack, we don't talk to each other like that. Child, that's, why I, that's why I enjoyed that this challenge was kind of a parody. It definitely understood that. Um, I also wrote that in the scene where Isis gets killed by the sewing machine. I said, girl, them sewing machines breaking wasn't in the script. That's just how the sewing machines actually work. And they need to check to see if Isis is really still alive. These girl, I said, sewing machines. Right. I said, listen, y'all can't afford to be putting up these sewing machines with fake breaking, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, and they managed to sneak a RuPaul song up into this episode, Miss Thing, with lip sync. Okay. Um, and the best part you of the, know they get one free uh, RuPaul license every episode. <laughs> and the best part of the um, the best part of the whole thing is the fact that the murderer was Jimbo. So that's the other thing I meant to mention. They're really pushing this fucking Jimbo show on Wild Presents. You don't want to watch Jimbo uh and versus peace or no. whatever. <laughs> no, not particularly. You don't want to watch Jimbo versus peace. No, but though I will say something, I'm not interested in seeing it. Um, I can probably bet she understands the assignment, though, because I can definitely I get the Pee Wee uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse off of it immediately, mm-hmm. uh, and not the masturbation in the theater in Florida. Um, <laughs> so I know she's going to understand the assignment. I'm not interested in seeing it. Mm-hmm. It's something about the commercials on Wild Presents Plus that give very much so public access television. Well, that's what Wild Presents Plus is. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So get into the judge now. Okay, so. The safe bitches are Amor, Suki Doll, Pythia, and Isis Couture. The top bitches are Adriana, uh, and just for as a point of clarity, since Brooklyn uh, does not know this bitch's name, <laughs> Adriana. <laughs> okay. That did not need to play out on television. You needed to ask that as an aside and get it right as okay. the uh, host of the fucking show. Well, that was uh, them saying that she is smooth going home. Oh, wow. Very soon. Yeah. 
Geometric and Eve 6000. And the bottoms of Stephanie Prince, Kendall Gender, and Cynthia Kiss. So Miss Eve obviously gets top marks. They say that Eve is spot on and hits all of the beats her in her jokes, which I agree. Because she's also giving a little bit of like Alfred Hitchcock in her presentation mm-hmm, and her performance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, Amanda makes a makes a good point that Miss Eve is the glue. And I agree because the role of the narrator is super duper important because you carry the entire, you carry the entire story on your back. People look back to you as a reference. And I think she did that successfully. She understood the assignment. And I'm very, very pleased that Eve is getting a triumphant moment. Um, and I hope that the storyline in the arc here is growth and defeating her inner saboteur in which she gets eliminated at top five, that she'll be, you know, and this nice high celebrated point for herself. Work. They did. They love the look. That they did miss. They did mention that her awareness seems to be hit or miss, and I can agree, because you do see her coming on the runway, and you understand what the character is and what she's giving, and then she might sometimes pop out of it, and it just happens to be noticeable. Miss mm-hmm. uh, Stephanie Prince, who is Clinton Prescott, one great name. Um, they definitely got the anxious, but certainly not the suspicious. Uh, and Brad hits the nail on the head when he says that it didn't give any levels. And I said, yes. Though we learned later that apparently Miss Stephanie doesn't know what the word suspicious means. <laughs> and I said, you probably should have asked. Okay. Because <laughs> Adriana did not know some things. She said, what does C-O-N-T uh, apostrophe D mean? It's continued. It's just a note for you to do. And they said, okay, bet. Adriana was asking questions. Um, we'll get to another bitch who's scared to ask questions in a second. Um, they, they thought the look was beautiful and cute. Uh, the, I want to talk a little bit more about sort of the missing nuance. There was so much more that Stephanie could have did there. And what was so, what was disappointing about it was Stephanie was committed. Stephanie yes, was committed was. to being she up here. Tried. Yeah. Right. And so she was, the girl was anxious the entire time. It was, it was actually quite annoying. But she, she had like dug a little bit. She, it felt like she understood how to do one part of the assignment, but not how to properly show the work attached to the assignment. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what was kind of disappointing. Because a lot of times the girls don't really go there like they're supposed to. Uh, this is where Amanda decides she's about to drag Cynthia for uh, not watching Hands Must Help. Uh, <laughs> she basically says to Miss Cynthia that she got up in your head. They don't read this dress as fiercely as they should because it is definitely giving mediocre. And Brooklyn says it wasn't funny. And I agree with that. I forgot she was there. Gia, they went up for her. And then Gia decides she wants to sh- talk. And had, did she do this every week? I didn't realize she had done this last week. Yeah, she talks a lot. She talks a lot. I mean, listen, I, I'm a talking ass bitch. But on the runway, this whole deep dive explanation thing she's doing into asking, answering questions and asking them was not needed. Um, and the judges live for the look. Apparently, it was a thinker because Miss Fifi Dobson had no idea what was going on. <laughs> and uh, she chose silence. Because <laughs> wow. one thing the judges will do is, I don't understand what you're doing right now. And Fifi said, I'm not going to be looking dumb on national television, girl. So when exactly. they pulled it out, when they when they uh, explained what the look was, the CP was like, oh, oh. I, I personally thought it was clear, but work. Uh, Gia Kendall gets the marks that um, we already talked about during the runway, so we won't get into that. Here is where Kendall failed in being so cerebral about her selection of her character. She decided that she was going to reel in somebody who's already pretty reeled in. Mm-hmm. 
So like if you pick, say for instance, it's a RuPaul, you have a little bit of space to uh, to reel on a RuPaul. You don't have a whole lot of space to reel on a Brooklyn Heights who's not really up there. At Ru- all. Brooklyn serves you great drag. That's about it. Right. Not a person I want to go out, you know, on partying with. Well, maybe, maybe she's the fierce party, who knows? Uh, so the critique that the judges give her make a lot of sense where she needed to actually go in the opposite direction and play this character as bigger or bitchier because a small approach does not work for this uh, particular person that they're parodying. Uh, regardless, so they do say that she has a great presentation and I would agree with that. I've, I've enjoyed her presentations thus far over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adriana gets full tens across the board. They live for the look. They love the performance of blood. I think the character was blood and grotesque. I just feel like they were they were trying to they were really trying to make that play on words work mm-hmm. <laughs> really fiercely. <laughs> they love that Ajiana leaned in. And what I noticed, I noticed in the performance, I was very worried about Adriana in the prep. And then I saw the performance and I said, she is going out there and having a good time. Yeah, she was doing it. She right, she understood. Um she understood the parts that she needed to play up and make campy and um, and comical. And, you know, Brad Common said it was scary and sometimes confusing, but it worked perfectly. And I do think she was fully aware of that. So mm-hmm. full full kudos for me, for Miss Adriana. Uh, and the winner of this week's challenge, drumroll, please. Boom, put it up. Thank you. Our intern is on vacation this week, so our general sound is um, uh, unusable today. Girl. Our winner of this week's challenge <laughs> is Adriana. Yes. yes. Congrats. What did she end up winning? A repeater badge? <laughs> well, they do get badges in Canada, but they also get other things, too. So. Joan, I'm going to buy you a repeater badge. I'm going to no, buy you the I'm one good. that they didn't give them, that, they didn't give them uh, last week. You the buy me the one that um, uh, Kitty's never going to get. So we get to the lip sync. Oh! The lip sync is... Um... <laughs> wow! Girl. Now, why would you do that? That was we, not nice. <laughs> we get that to a second. Uh, so we get to the lip sync. The lip sync is to uh, Fifi Dobson's Ghost. Uh, and... Oh, Jamal's and her- favorite song. It hurt my heart to see Stephanie up in the bottom. I was so, Girl, yes. I was very upset, actually. I was really upset <laughs> that well, Stephanie you know, was also, in the bottom. Because I knew they were going to keep Cynthia. Yes. Well, I said to myself, unless upsetting, Stephanie dog walks her, they're going to keep Cynthia. Right. So what is even more upsetting is when you see the performance of the lip sync. Okay, so let's talk about that. Because... And I text you, I said, I'm going to have to watch this lip sync over because I really, I understand that my bias towards Stephanie may interfere with how I see what is happening. Um, That's possible. Because my first viewing of the lip sync, I was like, they are really cutting away from Stephanie. I do not see. And when I do see Stephanie, I see that she is over there giving. So I'm very upset that we keep cutting to Cynthia. Um... And I also, mm. I also feel like in I understand in the heat of the moment, people be up in the lip sync and you just be in it. But the the last couple of weeks with these lip syncs across the franchise, I have seen some unsportsmanlike behavior that I'm just like, <laughs> thing, if you oh, fucking, when Miss Stephanie gets hit with a goddamn mace. Yes, if you throw your purse and it hits, <laughs> girl, what? And then it's same thing with um. When Scarlet smooths Charity's face, <laughs> oh, Scarlet bitch slapped Charity. <laughs> 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 
Scarlet motherfucking jammed her in the chest. <laughs> you I'm get for being like, back there and saying my name no. <laughs> I'm just like I understand bitches in a moment but it's, this last couple of weeks I'm like okay the girls just had taken liberties with these listings people was um, almost getting injured and not of their own volition so well listen that's the same way what Miss Denali was doing flips and fucking ice skates on the <laughs> runway okay almost slicing Lala Reed's throat so right <laughs> how she gonna wear holy drag if you slice her throat so um yeah i don't know because i felt like stephanie was given and i would have liked to have seen a more equal distribution of camera time because we get a lot of what cynthia is doing and cynthia wins the lip sync stephanie yeah doesn't win i was very upset because i feel like stephanie well i said i'm interested in seeing right i'm more interested in seeing stephanie exactly than i am cynthia yeah, especially, you know, I can't take no clicks. So the Brad Pack, I was like, girl, right. please, if anything, two of the Brad Pack is about to knock each other out this episode, and then it didn't happen. Um, yeah, I, I just what- more it's Stephanie got good drag. I mean, she's interesting to me. I was I was very upset to see her go. I was very upset. Yeah. I, I saw the lip sync, and I was like, I don't know that... I don't recall seeing a ton of Stephanie give it. She was giving. It was a point where she was um, doing a fucking flip into a split in the back. She was doing some choreography. Huh. Well, that's not where my eye was going. I well, it was also because Cynthia it was. To be... Go ahead. No, you, you seem to be Cynthia doing what? It's also because Cynthia was hella doing shit. Okay, so aside from her throwing the purse, um, <laughs> there were several points where Cynthia straight up pushed Stephanie out of the way. And she was like, uh, she stepped directly in front of the bitch. And I was like, okay, hold on. This is not sportsmanlike. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got your, you got a part and she got a part. Don't be stepping, di- like, I don't like that in a lip sync. I feel like you don't need to mm-hmm. step directly in front of a bitch while she's lit. You know what I mean? I feel like that is low-key unsportsmanlike. Was that you who texted me that? Yes, because I feel like it's low-key it low unsportsmanlike. I feel like it's low-key unsportsmanlike to step directly in front of the bitch while y'all lip-syncing. Because that's not, yeah, I agree at that, that point, you're not, you know what I mean? You're not winning off of your own merit. You are trying. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's not that I saw that Stephanie was performing badly. It just seemed like, um, in terms of embodiment of the song, I don't feel like I saw that the same way I saw on Cynthia, but maybe I just need to rewatch the lip sync. Who knows? What was Cynthia giving I mean, other than twirling in the fucking circle and throwing oh, her purse? That's what, you know, that's what it was supposed to give for that song. And, you know, also you got to beat the bitch up a little bit. No, no, you don't. You could have been <laughs> based on. You no, didn't you see Kennedy. You didn't see Kennedy was... hopping in front of Katya when she dog no, walked Well, her. no, because cause she just, because she needed to murder her, uh, but with her dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> You did not see that. Uh, me, meanwhile, them comments are like, they both did so good. No, <laughs> no. Kennedy murdered that as there is a meme that was going around of like a WWE fight and two women in WWE and like one girl like jumped over the, uh, jumped off the little uh, ropes and mm. onto the other girls. They were like, someone said, what episode of Drag Race is this? <laughs> and someone said, when, Trick, when uh, Kennedy sent uh, Katia home and I said, yes. Exactly. Because she said that as right behind the Iron Curtain. Um, <laughs> regardless, after it all went down, I was disappointed for all of the reasons that you pointed out. I enjoy, I've enjoyed, um, I have definitely enjoyed Stephanie's drag over Cynthia's drag. Um, 
And she, I've been more endeared to her than I anticipated being because in her Meet the Queens, I said, if you about to make being a bitch your personality, I can't do this with you. <laughs> but she's actually turned out to be quite likable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you know, oh. shout out to shout out to Miss Stephanie. Um, you you did you did a good job. It just wasn't in the cards for you, dear. Right. Yeah, I did look back at her um her Jolly Bee entrance look. She was fierce. Mm-hmm. This bitch went inside of actual Jolly Bees and did a photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so you better work. The details. The girl is very the girl is very smart. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was this week's episode of Canada's Drag Race. Let's talk about wig of the week. Who snatched your wig? Who was giving you Merkin up top on that head? Erkin. Um, that didn't work, but I tried. Girl, I can't think of nobody's wig that gave it to me. Brooklyn's wig. Brooklyn's wig for the for the runway. Brooklyn's wigs have been eating. This was this is when I saw her this week. I said, "Oh, Miss Brooklyn, really? She just has a team." Brooklyn, Brooklyn comes, sit in the chair, and goes, "Yes." <laughs> Because she's been giving, and Miss Anastasia is watching Drag Race, uh, clearly right now because she tweets about it every week <laughs> about what Miss Brooklyn is wearing. I said, Girl, you bet you better be eating that ass to get on All Stars. I love that for you. Child, um, <laughs> worst wig of the week. It's and you cannot say Stephanie in the challenge, so she had to do it for that. Child, I didn't think Stephanie in the challenge was the worst. Um, who is the worst wig? Shit, okay. Oh, Ice uh, had a rough wig too. <laughs> exactly. A lot of them have rough ass wigs this week. Amora uh, stay with a rough wig. Um, <laughs> when she came up there with the Michelle Visage pigtails, I can't wait to talk about that bullshit. <laughs> uh, when they was back there screaming, I said, "Girl, you look right like you came right off of Avenue Q, girl." <laughs> I'm telling you, that bitch like a muppet. Yeah. <laughs> I just need her to calm down that confessional. It's the, it's the it girls. Really the girls in Canada are giving too much in these motherfuckers. Her, between yeah, her and Suki, I need one of them to go home. Because it's too much. It's the too challenge much. this week is to be a big, black, sketchy girl right, on the motherfucking exactly. runway. And I do big, black, sketchy girl on the runway, dog. Oh, I'm like, okay. Calm I was like, you are down. doing a little too much comedy special on a grown and sexy cruise for anyone over the age of 50. <laughs> and I can't do that with you. <laughs> I like Kamora. Like the rest of the story, I do like her. It's just sometimes I'm just, I I needed to like bottleneck into something a little bit more fierce. <laughs> I like some of the I like the some of the ideas. I like her as a person, but I just know I know she can take it there. You see, she didn't wear trash this week. Uh, I, she could take it there. I just I needed she, to be a little did you bit. See I, that jumpsuit. <laughs> that was from a talent portion. From Miss Quebec, you said nineteen ninety five. I'm just saying, oh, that's not trash. <laughs> okay, and if let's we get it all. We got to get it on the road because you got to um, prepare for your outing, girl. For real, yeah, we'll watch fucking Venom. Well, that was this week's episode of. <laughs> I'm taking my fucking toes, and I'm Jamal. And if you're not following us on all of our social media, on Instagram we're Black to Our Roots Pod, and on Twitter we're what. Black to our roots. And that's on what? Summer Eve 6000. Bye. Bye.